Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do you say we uh, go practice, boys, and then we'll get back at it next episode. Let's go tighten (laughs) up, boys. So study the tapes and get in shape. Let's get after it. podcast cam hasbrick here you know the drill chris gear drew johnson uh nobody else here today because i don't know just just because because sometimes uh, the fellas Kat, like to hang out cat and isabel are uh, in the other room making bracelets and it's like a real ordeal so i don't want to interrupt <laughs> that that's understandable are you still getting a bracelet out of that deal or what's the i am making one i'm getting one like it's it's a whole thing the whole nine yards I, you're not getting the one that you're making, or is that also going to be unclear? Right. The, well, the, I... the one, the one that I'm making is very complicated. Uh, not complicated to do because all you have to do is like use this weird template and rotate it and just mm-hmm. kind of like move strings. But very complicated in the sense that it's a really thick bracelet with a really complex pattern and. If you're not like paying attention to it, you can just absolutely lose your place and mess up the whole thing. So that sounds tough. Um, I was trying to think of like an alternate Bruce and Bruins, something for like bracelets, and I, I got nothing though, which is probably <laughs> probably better. Um, regardless, this is a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards, Pride Diehards, and DraftKings, baby. Uh, how's how's everybody doing tonight? You know, we've, we've had a pretty crazy week in uh, in the NHL. All of a sudden, uh, obviously, the Bruins making a trade, having one of the strangest hockey games I've ever seen against the Calgary Flames that we'll talk about in a second. Um, but an uncharacteristically busy pre-trade deadline week as well. So it's been uh, it's been a lot to soak up, huh? Did we talk? We already talked about the Orloff Hathaway deal, right? Like I have not. Yes. Okay, we, Drew, we discussed it a little bit. That was before we're Orlov discuss, became more. We're going to discuss a lot, and uh, those players will naturally come up, and I'll give my two cents then. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, if Drew sounds weird, he's calling in uh, from an airplane. Yeah, I'm on uh, American <laughs> Airlines flight 372. Are you drinking while you're flying the plane? Is that? I don't think that's FAA. That's what every fucking pilot Every does airline pilot ever. does. I guess that's why the co pilot's there. It's, it's like, like we driving have two drunk co pilots. It's the same as the one sky. solo one. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, anybody, <laughs> Drew, Drew, what are you drinking over there, buddy? 
I here myself have a 37 ale brewed by my father and I at that uh, at the brew zone um, out there in Massachusetts on Route 1. Um, we're on Route 1. That's up for you to find out. Uh, yeah, so my dad and I made this, and for those who have not heard about it, we basically rounded a lot of the ingredients to 37 or 3.7, whatever we could. Um, and this came out, it's a, it's, it's, it's very nice. Try it. So Sebastian here wants some clearly. Um, yeah, drinkability 37, tasteability 37. Uh, Cam got to sample some of this beer when we went down to see the Bruins versus Toronto Maple Leafs game. What was that, like a month ago? Uh, yeah, they're over that or something. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, um, speaking uh, you of, can't find it anywhere. So. <laughs> you literally, well, you can find it at your house because I found it there and it was good. So yes, yes. Um, speaking of that game, though, shouts to Don Morin, who was at uh, both of the games out west this week, uh, sporting a Bruins and Bruins t-shirt. For those of you keeping track at home, Lancey, Bruins are now 3-0 and when a Bruins and Bruins t-shirt is being repped inside the building. Three different buildings, too. So this is this worked on, I guess, more or less both coasts, if you want to count. Two countries. Edmonton or Calgary is the coast, <laughs> which countries. is a bit liberal. But, uh, and two countries, yes. So well, When and, uh, did the Bruins play... Uh... Uh, okay, Canada. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> also, like we're we're also being or... repped in the uh, in the United Kingdom. Over yeah, there. that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about Tommy. I was like, where? When did the Bruins play out there? But, you know, <laughs> hopefully we, we can gotta have Tommy on. I keep talking about having Tommy on and telling him we'll have him on and we'll find a time. But the time difference makes it a little quirky a little to go. I am you like, I want to know. I don't think this is the case just because he's a Bruins fan, but I really would like to hear somebody with like a, a combo British Boston accent. Just, <laughs> I think that would be, that would be peak. I think that's just called Irish. <laughs> Actually, that's a pretty good point. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's probably not too much of a stretch. Well, the but... Boston accent is just an old Irish English accent anyway. Yeah. Like just Americanized. I think it's just its own thing. Uh... It's very inspired by the, the British kind of shit. A lot of, it pulled a lot of samples from that. The Oz, the lack uh, of Oz. I, for one, am drinking a uh, Modelo mango spicy beer. Um, I, I already tried this on the podcast. It's fine. It tastes like minorly spicy, mostly like mango, and a little too sweet. Mm. Drinkability, 13. Tasteability, 32. Very nice. Do not have a Charlie Coyle uh, video for the 13. Who's 32? Out. What Bruins are 32? Who's the last? I got nothing. I feel like it was one of those, like, I'm looking that at Barkowski it. type defenseman. I don't think it was no. him, but one of those. Barkowski like, was like 41. 40 yeah, but like somebody in that same, like, vibe zone. If that, what was Byron Defoe? Goalie. Yeah. yeah. I know, but number. <laughs> I know his position. <laughs> he was my uh, my mainstay on NHL 2002. Um, still the best NHL to this day. But uh, anyway, I'm drinking a 1911 Raspberry Premium Small Batch Hard Cider uh, by Beacon Skiff Apple Farms in Lafayette, New York. Checking in at 5.5% alcohol. Don't worry, though. 100% fresh, that's what it says. 
I don't know how they can guarantee that. If I kept this around for like a hundred years, it would be very much not fresh. Um, but apparently, I guess when you know at the time of canning, uh, this says it's a two out of six on the sweetness scale. That's interesting that they don't have the sweetness scale just goes to six. That's like a not an usually you think an odd number. So there's like a usually like it's usually middle. something like thirty seven. I, I know yeah. it's like that's no, what I'm no. thinking. Like who, who no what middle. kind of what kind of people would do that? There's um, no perfect balance of sweetness. Yeah, I do. Was. I do agree. It is probably about a two out of six on the sweetness scale. Um, it's a it's an interesting cider. I picked it up. I wanted something a little different today. Um, I like raspberry a lot. I like cider a lot. It's kind of feeling with cider, so I went for it. Um, when you pour it, it looks very similar to like a like a rosé or something along that line. Um, and as I kind of brought it up toward my face. You can, it smells very, very sweet, which, you know, you really catch that raspberry. It's almost like just holding. I mean, it really is. It feels like it smells like you're just holding raspberries in your hand. But then as you, you go to take a sip, it's actually kind of a little bit more bitter, not as sweet as you'd expect. If you pour that into a glass, like a proper glass and serve it to me, I would think that's rosé. It really does not taste that much like cider. I feel like usually cider has uh, not necessarily more sweetness, but just like a certain cut to it that you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's apple. That tastes very rosé-ish. Um, it is, it is good though. Just not quite what I was expecting. Uh, drinkability can be pretty high. About a, a 29 on drinkability, tasteability. Tasteability like a 28. Uh, and I, believe this is going to pass the drew test yes with flying colors actually wow. can really can really see that colors that fly yeah pretty impressive when colors fly i'll be a flyers fan um by the way to follow up on our uh number 32 discussion the last person to wear number 32 was nick johnson in 2014 Yes. I would be lying if I told you I remembered who that was no nah, that sounds like and a I do. EA sports I do. generated name and I remember most Famous 32s were Craig McTavish uh, from 1980 to 1982 and Don Sweeney from 1989 to 2003. Wow. There you go, Dylan Donnie, number 32. He was also on NHL 2002 with, with my guy Byron Defoe. But uh, anyway, to the hockey. Pretty crazy week, NHL across, uh, across the deadline. But we'll start here at home. Uh, Chris and I gave some, some early takes on... Uh, Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway becoming Bruins via Washington uh, in the last episode with Sean. Um, that was before Dmitry Orlov apparently was going to become the new David Pasternak uh, with a two-goal, one-assist performance in pretty much the lone wolf, uh, out, at least not in the crease, obviously, minus Omar with, what was it, 54 saves, I believe it was, a career high for him. I think, I think the highest record for the Bruins um, in what was a, a truly ridiculous game with the Bruins finally tying it late with, with about six minutes left and then winning with, uh, I believe, less than five seconds left in overtime uh, via really just a, one of the finest passing plays. You saw it you saw it coming. And it's uh, it just – it was one of those goals where it felt like it was a, a playoff winner or something like that. And absolutely a game the team did not deserve to win uh, with the exception of, of Orlov and, and Olmark. Um, but one of those games where – I think it's going to go on to to define the Bruins season, especially if they do go all the way as, as one of those wins where it's just like, wow, those types of things. Like that's how, you know, that was a magical season. Look at, they won that game somehow. 
what was your guys' initial reaction to that? And, and Drew, you can share your thoughts on Orlov and Hathaway. But for me, I was so giddy. I watched replays of that goal all night the next day, and I, I felt like a kid in a candy shop. Like, I was just losing it. Yeah, I think um, if if you're on the fence about whether or not Linus Olmark is elite, uh, I think that that game was an exclamation point on the fact that he is the Vesna front runner. He deserves the Vesna this year if the season ended today. Um, and when we get to listener questions slash comments, there's uh, there's some heart discussion going on. Uh, I'll give my take about that then. Um, but yeah, definitely a game the Bruins as a whole didn't deserve to win. Olmark stole it. Uh, Orlov showed up offensively, which is great. Um, the other thing is, how do you give up that many shots? Um, I get that it's a back-to-back, um, and, and that's the thing. Uh, Jim Montgomery talked about that post-game, how throughout the season, either you're the team that's, that's just off the back-to-back, or the other one is, and there's certain advantages there, but you can't let up, what was it, 57 shots? Yeah, I think that uh, sounds yeah. right. Yeah, something like that. There's 54 so, saves. Okay, yeah, so... You can't be doing that, even if you're at coming off a back-to-back where you had to try to keep up with McDavid. Like it just can't happen. So that's something to look at. But it's a victory. It's a stellar victory in the end, and that's what's going to be on the calendar when you look back. It's going to be a W. Yeah. Um, I mean, one, I want to shout out a very, very special moment in uh, Lena Solmark's goalie goal. Um, got to. Got to share that with Isabel. Uh, she was very excited because she obviously loves goalies and anything involving goalies, especially the goalie hugs. And the fact that that kind of amplified the exuberance of the goalie hug. Definitely the goalie goal was, hug. Yeah, you can't, beat, you can't beat that. Um, and then kind of finding out that no Bruins goaltender in the history of the Bruins had ever done that before. She definitely got really excited by that. Uh, eighth goalie in in history to record a goalie goal, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, we love to see it. That's just fun stuff. That's that's just like a real capper on what should be a runaway Vezina season for this guy. Um, but yeah, I mean the fifty four saves. That's just insane. That's one for the the crowd that was saying like, "Oh, this guy's just a system goalie. Like, no matter who you stick back there is going to be good." And um, I mean, I've like genuinely having watched him play the last couple of years, have seen a vast improvement in some of the holes in his game. And this has just been like an absolute clinic of the year. Um, obviously, it helps having a really good defense in front of you, it helps having a really good offense in front of you. Um, but give the guy his credit. He's just having an absolutely incredible season. Yeah, it's just uh... – I, we've talked about it before, but it's like it's so hard to like fully appreciate it in the moment. I mean, you try to, you soak up what you can, but when you look at whether it's the Bruins' record, whether it's minus Omar's stat line, it just doesn't look real. And uh, just you know, trying to trying to appreciate that in the moment. I'm actually kicking myself a little bit because I I was thinking the other day, like let's just check. Like, I wonder what the current DraftKings. Uh, odds are for Linus Olmark to be uh, the Vezina winner this year. And he was like minus 250. And I was like, that feels like really good value for a guy who I think is a clear number one favorite um, here in Maine. Of course, I can't can't place a bet on a whim here. So, so maybe I'll think about doing that, you know, if I'm in New Hampshire anytime soon. 
Uh, and then he went and scored a goal and put up 54 saves. <laughs> and I was like, well, those those odds are going to be skyrocketing in the next couple of days. Um, I would love to get Cats more complete take as somebody who watches goalies more closely throughout the league. But um, I I just don't see – I feel like he's got to be such a heavy favorite right now for, for the war that – you know, what's, what would it take for him to slide out an injury I think is really the, the biggest thing. Um, but, I mean, he could have to probably give up a pretty – pretty nasty stretch for him to lose at least a pretty firm hold in my opinion on that on that Bezina trophy spot right now um which just based on how the Bruins have played obviously losing whatever it is 13 games all season uh eight of those obviously being in in regulation it just doesn't seem like it's gonna happen so um yeah any thoughts on uh specifically about Orlov and Hathaway Drew or well first uh, well just before we hop off the goaltender train um, just to point out, I was looking this up earlier today and I just uncovered some more interesting stuff about it. So Ron Tugnut, when he was on the Quebec Nordiques, yes, Tugnut. <laughs> that's, that's a name. Yes, that was not a uh, mispronunciation. Um, that's up there with Dick Clapper uh, in terms of hockey names. But uh, he recorded 70 saves against the Boston Bruins in a uh, 3-3 tie. Uh, Bruins scored three goals in that. Um, and if you look at the number of shots on a goal by Bruins, uh, who do you guess in 1991 had the most shots on net for the Bruins? A couple uh, big guys on Ray Bork. Yes. How many shots do you think he took or got on goal? I should say. Um, Over the uh, season? Let's say 310. No, in that game. In that oh, game, I'm sorry. Yeah, in the game where the team had 70 saves. 310. Uh, I don't know, 12? He had 19 shots, one goal, one assist. Sick. Two and two real, real low shooting percentage there. 19 shots on goal. The next highest was Ken Hodge with six. <laughs> but um, anyway, off of that note, for the hockey history fans out there, I suppose. Um, Orlov and Hathaway, I mean, my initial reaction was yes. Uh, I mean, Craig Smith wasn't really doing it. Love his service to the team over the past couple of years. One of hockey's most handsome men. Uh, but you can't trust a man with two first names, Cam. So you have to, you have to trade him. No, um, and, and you give up picks. And I mean, we we've talked about before how the Bruins picks are basically glorified the next round, their first round pick, assuming they can go on and win the cup or come close. It's it's not as valuable. And um, they honestly didn't give up like too, too much for what they got back, especially considering that uh, there was a lot of salary cap retained in order to make it happen. And uh, I mean, Orlov is one of those players who immediately on paper, his name is in the lineup and it's a better defensive corpse right there, right away. Um, defensive corpse? Then, <laughs> corpse? Core, whatever. <laughs> and uh and then Hathaway is just like one of those grindy, tough guys. And they always talk about, we got to make the Bruins more tough. And if you're going to do it, it's through a guy like that. I feel like there's this big crowd that's like, you need another Sean Thornton. You need a fighter. You need a guy who's just there to fight. Hathaway is one of those guys who can help out in that bottom six and help turn momentum, even if, if it's just by throwing hits. And he's not a guy who's afraid to drop the gloves to come to the defense of a teammate or stand up for himself. Um, and I think 
we haven't seen too too much of that yet, obviously. Uh, but I think as as the season goes along and the playoffs, he's going to be a guy we're really happy is is there uh, and really fits in as a character on the team. So overall, I think it's a it's a great move. Um, and it that's kind of like we put out like a hypothesis in different avenues the Bruins could go at the trade deadline, and I think um, that is the right one. You add some defensive depth, you add depth to your bottom six forwards. What else are you really going to do in terms of making a big splash? So um, I give it a, a preliminary uh, A minus, I suppose, on that trip. Yeah, I mean, if Orlov's going to play like this, uh, which I assume he's not going to, but <laughs> good start to it, uh, then that's going to be an absolute A-plus for me. Um, I mean, it's it, really good to see he's fitting in already. Uh, I mean, a couple of really impressive goals last night. Um, I, just like the perfect type of player to fit in this system. We've been saying it. It's just good to see that it's working. Um and that was the guy I was less excited about in the trade. So, you know, that's uh, not that I wasn't excited for Orloff, but I mean, I felt like a guy like Hathaway was fitting more of the need for the Bruins, but um, he's contributed already as well. I mean, let's see, what's he got? Yeah, he had an assist uh, against Edmonton. Um, and other than that, hasn't really taken any shots yeah, well, he has one shot on goal, uh, also against Edmonton. So, I mean, hopefully he contributes a little more. Or, but, I mean, still trying to find his bearings. And with Foligno and Hall out, he's probably going to get a little more opportunity. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I imagine it's hard joining a new team and then also flying across the continent and to join them with a bunch of for new players. Back to back for a back-to-back. For a back-to-back against, yeah. <laughs> Also, Connor McDavid's on the ice. Not, you know, not that he's getting one v one matchup with him, but um, <clears throat> strange. Edmonton to McDavid's. That's all they yeah. are. True. I believe you had uh, something you wanted to say. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So the, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer, with tons of ways to feel. Uh, sweat. Feels like an old breed. <laughs> and bet on all Definitely. your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel. Uh, sweat. <laughs> and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook can help you feel. Just kidding. Is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You could throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, the same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props. Your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, Drew. Cool stuff. I got to go nice. get more beer, but feel free to do whatever we're doing next, and I'll figure out what it is in a moment. 
Uh, do we want me to read off things from our Twitter thing? That- yeah, I thought maybe we'd do that. I wasn't sure if you were going to say that or the correct drafting ad, but yeah, there's a lot of happening. It's all right. Uh, yeah, um, we tweeted out earlier today asking for some people to share some thoughts uh, after, um, like I said, you know, I was feeling giddy this morning. I wanted to see how everybody else was. Um, and we got uh, quite a few little responses from some people here. So you want to rip through some of those? We can give some some reactions to the reactions. Always worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, most recently, we have uh, at Eric Blackie. You have to be impressed with how they're finding ways to win. You have to. I agree. Straightforward uh, to the point. But that's, that's kind of one of those ones that I was saying earlier, like end of the season, especially if they do end up going all the way, you're going to look back at that one and be like, oh, yeah, that was one. Like, that's how you know it was a good season is that they got absolutely shit rocked in Calgary and they somehow won in overtime off of a beautiful goal. <laughs> like, yeah, they have a lot of wins this season. Uh, good to get like controversial a take. Of, get a good, a, good to get a couple of signature wins. Uh, from specific players like Olmark, like getting getting to shine like that. Um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, but Sean. I believe it's Rajoti. Rajoti. Linus for heart, but also they've seemed to struggle the last few games. Uh, in parentheses, this road trip with puck management slash turnovers. Any explanation on your end as as to why they've been so sloppy? Just a long trip, new teammates, injuries, etc. I think that's why. Yeah, look at all of those yeah, you know, <laughs> long trip. Going out Sean, Sean, who I assume is going to be on our next episode, yep. uh, can explain himself. Um, um, yeah, all those things, though, Sean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, I would say less worrisome than the idea of like the team being tired late in the season. More just you got to fly to Seattle, then you got to fly to Edmonton, then you got to, I assume, take a bus to Calgary. What, three days, four days? Trains, planes, and automobiles. Depen- depending on when they flew out of Seattle, like that's a lot of traveling. So that's a lot of traveling. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about it, especially since they won all three of those games. That sounds so ridiculous. When you say like <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, we have at Sassy Blondie one. I just want them to get through these last 20 plus games with as few injuries as possible. It's a slog until the end of the season. And I'm thinking we'll see some sloppy hockey. Allmark stole one. And the fact that they beat the buzzer to avoid a stupid shootout was amazing. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. We Don't have much like, more to say like about a, that. We should just like each one we agree with. is just like, Oh, that didn't. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, this will do a better job. Uh, we have. No, it didn't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Keep it going. <laughs> uh, bestie of the pod, DF Pendries. Uh, I'm impressed that they were able to win anything in the gray drab darkness that is the Saddle Dome. How does anyone even see the puck? Bruins got away with a win, but good teams find a way to win even when they shouldn't. Bad teams find a way to lose when they shouldn't. Analysis. Um, yeah, uh, great points there. Great analysis. Uh, Saddle Dome, it did look really dark and weird. I didn't know if it was the broadcast. Uh, I feel like we should ask jess about that mm-hmm. um i think it's kind of a regular Ness, thing yeah. Ness and broadcast at away games are always a little weird 
like the color balance is just different. I feel like they make the yellow pop way more when they're and and I swear to I swear to God at I the at the garden God. you mean for like, yeah when it's at the yeah, garden no I'm a hundred percent with you like I, I I always think that and maybe it's just the the contrast of like the Bruins wearing white but I always think their games at the garden look way more colorful and vibrant than yeah no and honestly crazy. I've seen a couple away games and like. I think on Nesson, when they're in more control, when it's in the garden, they throw up like the saturation on the yellow a little bit or something. Yeah. I really hate those Instagram filters. Yeah. We got Kerry Gleason. That was the B's worst performance all year, except Omar kept stoning the flames. They looked tired. You could tell that as the clock was winding down in the thirds, they weren't satisfied. The leadership on this team, bravo. I thought the unsung hero was Greer, fresh legs. Um, yeah, I mean, good point for the uh, the leadership there. I, I think that's one of those things that I, I wouldn't say is underrated on the Bruins because that is like their whole thing. But it's the thing we haven't been talking about a lot. Just having having such a good room, um, and I'm guessing wins like this uh, only feed into that feedback loop of just making everybody feel good. Yeah, yeah. I would. I mentioned the vibes in that room are just off the wall. It's gonna be awesome. Just experiencing that as an athlete especially compared to i don't know i'm sure there's players who have been in much worse situations in the past some of those veteran guys so to be able to especially you know obviously the birds around the crates who have been here a while kind of have been the reason they've set that standard but maybe for some of the other fresher faces over the last few years to enter a room like that or also just for like orlov and hathaway's perspective like you get told you're traded after spending a while with the same team, you're like, ah, oh, damn. You know, you find out where I'm going. Like, uh, uh, sounds like you're going to Boston. You're like, oh, fuck yeah, man, that's gonna be awesome. It's got to be the equivalent of arriving at a party that where you don't really know anyone, where you kind of like vaguely know a couple of people, and you walk in the room, and everyone just immediately goes, hey, whoa, this guy, yeah. like this guy, <laughs> all right, you're like, oh, oh, I'm the guy, that's me. <laughs> That's kind of, do you think your first think, thought is like, oh man, like, all right, all of a sudden I'm like competing for a Stanley Cup? Or do you think it's just excitement? Or like, I'm just like imagining that flip, like the flip switch of just like, oh, right, like it's go time again. Well, the good, the good thing too, those, those two have been there before. They're, they're Stanley Cup champs. I know, or wait, Hathaway was at the team during yeah. that run, right? Yeah. Orlov yeah. sure was. I don't know about yeah. Hathaway. I'm pretty but... sure he was. Yeah. But so they have the, that, that experience which is great too that's something i'm sure the management kind of considered as well and the people they're looking for here's these two you know they're 31 they're entering the twilight of their career but and they have all this experience and that and that goes a long way having put in the minutes in the playoffs knowing what it takes to to go all the way and win it um that's huge and the other thing i was going to say on that um was something but it has now escaped me so let's let's move i'm just on. gonna immediately fact check myself i was wrong it was actually the, the year before he went to washington he was uh in calgary shouts to jess again see we're better um, than fox news all right canadian josh 159 at dlc kitchen we did not deserve this that win olmark is a cyborg and i love orlov that is all heart emoji uh yeah, ding, ding, ding. All right, yeah, RT. Uh, we, we got some interesting ones here. Uh, so we got uh, Bubba Gogwin. Uh, every game from here on out is going to be a playoff game for some teams with five back-to-backs remaining in a crazy March schedule. 
We need to go 16 and six to beat the regular season record at this point, screw the record, just get in healthy. And then another reply from him as well. Baba Senza for MVP slash president hashtag give that man a raise. Um, I mean, yeah, I've, I would, I would be lying if I said that I haven't every single day after a Bruins game done the calculations to see what it needs to take to, to beat the records. Um, I know the Bruins have said they're not particularly interested in the records and yeah, I want the teams, uh, the team to stay healthy, but um, as long as they're, I mean, I like what Montgomery's doing, rotating guys in defensively. I know a lot of people on Twitter were freaking out and Grizzly ended up rotating out and uh, fewer people were worried about Carlo rotating out, but um, those two guys are top four defensemen and you're still rotating them out. And that's, that's more of a chance to rest than it is like saying, Hey, you're not good enough to be in the lineup. And that's, that's good enough for me. And I mean, these guys are going to be out there trying to win every game, regardless of whether they're going for a record or not. So me, I'm looking at the schedule saying, all right, you got like 10 games maybe that are either against potential playoff teams or teams that could potentially beat you on the back end of a back-to-back. And if you steal slash win four of those games, that's the record. Whoop. There it is. Whoa, there it is. Yeah, I agree. I mean, health, I think, is the number one concern. And if they come to a spot and it's like, hey, yeah, you've literally clinched the president's trophy. Congrats. I, then the record means very little at that point, honestly. Like, I mean, of course, I want them to get it. And I'm sure a piece of them wants to get it, too. But at that point, that's when you're like, okay, I'm going to give my stars some rest and... um you know, it's going to be the Providence Bruins versus these NHL teams. Um, uh, not actually, but yeah, it, at that point, it, it, it is health first for sure. Um, and the other thing I was going to say that just popped into my head was Montgomery after the game the other night said uh, that there was no panic. Even when they were down a goal and giving up all those shots, there was no panic on the bench. And that's what makes the difference I think in almost any situation. <laughs> um, that, that's huge composure. And again, as uh, one person said, oh yeah, it was a uh, KTG writer said, uh, uh, you know, bravo to the leadership team. Yeah. Um, just the last point. I think just that, that point that Drew mentioned about calm, obviously the leadership that we were talking about earlier is a big role in that. And that's just something that gives me a lot of comfort going to the playoffs. Like, even for a team this good, you know, it's not going to be a, a straight road to a Stanley Cup. It's going to be adversity. There's going to be times where you think we're going to be fucked and that sort of thing. And I think just having those those steady heads there to provide, a, you know, just a calming presence and, and a, a little more confidence to a team that does have some younger players and that sort of thing is going to go a long way. And um, just really is, is one of those invaluable hashtag intangibles going down into the, uh, in the postseason. Yeah. And uh, just one more thing to add to that. I think you guys make a lot of really good points, uh, but guys like Jake DeBrusque and Charlie McAvoy, who each scored some real clutch game winning goals while they're younger guys have been around for a while and they're totally comfortable at this point. So um, th- th- those are things where like, I think it is a little bit overrated to have like guys who've been there before on your roster 
Um, but I do think if you have a core that's been on deep playoff runs together for year after year, um, a lot of those players from the 2019 run are still there. Um, I think that makes a huge difference because especially now in the, they, they all know like, okay, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to have home ice. We don't need to grind if we don't want to, but they all know like we, we need to be rolling when we go in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've talked so no, about that in the past. No how important momentum is. No. Uh, and our last one, uh, and this is a doozy. We've got uh, Gary Jerry, G E R R Y eight three zero eight three nine four six one. You be the judge. Uh, not feeling good. Scare quotes. Orlov spelled O R R. Please trademark that. Uh, th- that was ours. Um, with three points, but we let up fifty-seven fucking shots. Thumbs down emoji. Um, sure, like like we said. Uh, back end of a back-to-back some teams are going to play tired didn't deserve to win that game at all if you're going to be upset like if you're looking for stuff to be upset about this season sure be upset about that because I mean there's not a lot to be upset about it's not necessarily upset it is like a tiny bit of a concern because even coming off a back-to-back I think 57 shots against is still a pro like whoa you must have had some huge defensive lapses in there um I think Montgomery touched upon post game clearly I watched like the post game doesn't show <laughs> if it wasn't obvious yet um uh he said how you know rebounds were or some trouble, the defense not really collecting the rebounds, giving up a lot of those shots, um, and that the Flames just are a shooting team. They'll shoot it from almost anywhere in the offensive zone. Um, so those things combined uh, made made for some messy stuff. But yeah, still a little concerned about that, but it's basically at this point a one-off situation in the season. If it starts happening some more, that's when it, I'd get upset. But for now, it's just like, huh? All right, let's tighten that up in practice, boys, and then get back at it. All right, well, what do you say we uh, go practice, boys, and then we'll get back at it next episode. Let's go tighten up, boys. <laughs> so study the tapes and get in shape. Let's get after it. Um, Wheels yeah. tight, silly. When are we back? What's today? Today is Wednesday. This is releasing Thursday. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Friday slash tomorrow will be uh, doing a fun trade deadline show, and so we're back this weekend. Saturday, yeah. Come join us this weekend. We'll uh, we'll break down the Bruins deal for Nick Bukestad, which I'm sure will happen uh, ten minutes after we stop recording this. Yeah, if we make it ten minutes, that'd be great. Also, uh, check out bruisingbruins.com. Check out. Bruisingbruins.threadless.com for that merch. Check out at Bruisingbruins on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and also feel free to do none of those things. It's just, you know, shout Bruisingbruins.com for all of your Bruising Bruins needs. Yeah, seriously, it's all there. If you're going to only do one of the four things I mentioned, do that one. <laughs> We're great at marketing. Uh, and two of us are communications majors or something like that. 
I was. I think Cam was something in that realm. Anyway, thanks, folks, for joining us. I guess I'm host now. <laughs> Unless Cam... I'm just gonna end it. You want to sing us out? Sing us out. No, we're gonna. According to Chat GPT, Cam is the only actual host of this show. Uh, No, there is uh, that Andrew guy who no one's ever heard of. Hey, we we are mutuals, uh, and thank you guys for coming on. He hasn't tweeted since. (laughs) You can find me at.